what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome back to My Dad Watches The Bachelor. I'm Meredith, and I'm here with my co-host, my dad. Hello, Meredith. Uh, good, good to be with you today in the Mesh studio. Yeah, we're, we're in studio today. I think this is the first time we've both been here since maybe we started the show. Uh, well, it's, it's Thanksgiving week, and, and fortunately, we've been, we think we have been being safe, so we were able to get together for Thanksgiving during a pandemic, so fingers crossed. Yeah, it's always good to be back in the old hometown. Back in the old hometown. Sort of like eventually we'll get to hometown dates, or maybe we won't. I don't know how you do that in a pandemic. Yeah, I'm assuming we won't, but it's a shame that it's not this week. It would have it would have meshed really well. Well, before we get started with this week's episode, I wanted to I I made a mistake last week. I, I had something that I, I, I neglected to mention last week that you pointed out to me after last week's Bachelorette episode. Oh, really? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, last week, Jake the Dookie got the boot you uh, know, yes, the, the, yes. From, from Duke University, and, and he went so quietly that I didn't even notice until you pointed it out to me after the, the podcast, sort of like the way Duke usually gets knocked out of the NCAA tournament. He left very quietly. So I just wanted to say bye-bye to the Duke guy. Since I'm a UNC Chapel Hill guy, I don't miss him. And I just missed out on an opportunity to to wish him goodbye last week. So I wanted to do it this week. It's like a good throwback to the 2017 NCAA tournament when the South Carolina Gamecocks beat the Duke Blue Devils in the second round of the tournament. Bye-bye, Dukey. Yeah, you got to leave early. We don't, we don't want you sticking around. I'm with you on that. So anyway, had a good episode last night. You know, so we, we watched the episode together, which we, I don't know if we've done that before either. So we, we got to talk about it a little during the episode, but it, it was pretty slow to start with. We didn't have a lot of drama until the end, but I think it was still a pretty good episode. I, I do have some grievances to air that I would just go, like to go ahead and get off my chest right now. Um, I was not emotionally prepared to say goodbye to Jason this week. I, I'm very upset that he's gone. I officially have no more picks in my top four. And, ha- and how many do I have left? You slept two, so I'm a little bit embarrassed by my showing this season. Okay, well. So, I, Jason gave us so much last week from, you know, his fight with Ed to calling Tasha a smoke show and starting to speak Spanish to her. I think he's been robbed. I really thought that he was going to make it further. And I can't believe that Ed got the last rose over Jason. I was just, it's just wrong, plain wrong. Well, I, I agree with you on the on the Ed part, and you know we we're doing a podcast. It's not like we know these people. I think that if you're going to go on a reality TV show, you're sort of you're sort of asking for people to pick you apart a little bit, and we're we're not as mean. We're happy to do that. Well, I'm not that happy <laughs> to do that, but but uh, to me, Ed throughout the the episodes has sort of come across as a meathead. He looked like he just walked off the Sopranos uh, set as as this gangster type person, and 
and just has never really struck me as someone that would be a serious contender. So I was surprised that he is still there. Maybe it's something with the producers that he's going to stir the pot and create some drama. I don't know how these things work, but I don't particularly have a problem with Chase and leaving. I don't, you know, Chase had never struck me as the brightest bulb either. I know that, uh, that you and maybe some of the, the young ladies out there found him to be uh, some eye candy. I don't know, but uh, he never really struck me as, as a serious uh, bachelor at contender. Yeah, but he's more serious than Ed. There's a no connection between Tasha and Ed. At least there, there could be like a physical connection between Tasha and Jason, but Ed, what a bum. I'm very upset that he's still around. We can, we'll talk about him more and his um, epic failure of trying to see Tasha late at night, but we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Well, well, what highlights do you want to give a shout out to from last night's episode? So I enjoyed the men making up love songs for Tasha. I it was a little painful, but it was also like probably one of the more entertaining parts of the first hour. You know, we got to see Bennett rap. He rhymed Harvard degree with cheese brie. I I mean, only a Harvard man could really do that. But it took him a while to come up with those rhymes. Uh, and he didn't even take any music classes at Harvard. Just hard so we to believe. All know. Hard, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure he was taking the really hard classes at Harvard. Yes, and that, it could because all Harvard graduates really aspire to be on The Bachelor. Oh, of course. I mean, what else would they do? No. And then I, I thought Demar had a nice song that he sang for for Tasha. He threw in some shade to John Paul Jones, who Tasha dated on Bachelor in Paradise, and. Ivan's rap was also really good. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was some nice, fun ways to start the episode. Um, it, it was good. It was good. Well, I, I have to say that I, I, put in, I put in my lowlights the real lack of musical talent that any of these guys had. I really thought you know, they, they were trying to play some instruments. They were, yeah, and, and goodness knows... Give, it, give me an hour to come up with a love song. I'm not going to do so great either. But these guys really had very little talent. You know, I, you know, I, I, I might call it a highlight watching Bennett try to rap because, you know, he is just sort of the polar opposite of what I would think a rapper would be. And I think he probably proved that with his rapping. Yeah, very you know, stiff. And, you know, one of his lines was, gonna mate ya, you know, uh, you know M-A-T-E, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm threatening to mate you. I mean, that, ah, that, that, that. It's very romantic. It didn't sound so good to me. That's I don't how know. he gets the Harvard girls. Well. I don't know about the Orange County girls, but up in Harvard, it works there. Well, then why is he here if it's going to work with those girls? He should be working on those girls. I don't know why he's here, but uh, I, I really, I really. I, I found some amusement in it, but I, f- I put it more in the low lights. Yeah, I, I thought it was fun, you know, watching Bennett sit on the couch trying to be like, okay, what rhymes with house? Mouse, douse. Mm, no, that won't work. It, it was amusing. He needs to be doused. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What, what were one of your highlights of the show? Well, I'm sure we're going to talk about the Tasha Ivan date, and uh, and and I'm going to hold that for now. But but one point that I, you know, my idea of highlights, you know, I'm looking for a little bit of humor in mm-hmm. this show to to get me through it. You know that 
That in the whiskey. That in my trusty bourbon, yes. Uh, but but on the the Ivantasia date, one of the highlights to me was the tub o ice cream in that they had this humongous tub of ice cream. It must have been like the people at La Quinta were saying, look, we don't have anybody staying with us. We got all this ice cream in the freezer. We got to get rid of it before it gets uh, the freezer burned. We're dump it in a tub, throw some cherries on top, and bring it to them because that was not a healthy portion of ice cream that, that was in front of them. I found that to be pretty amusing. That was by far the biggest ice cream sundae I've ever seen, but it hurts my heart a little bit knowing how much of it is probably going to waste. I, I fear a good portion of it was going to waste, but what is LaQuinta going to do during a pandemic? They got to get rid of the ice cream at some point in time. I, I another highlight for me when uh, Tasha was talking uh, w- with Blake. I guess when they were doing their truth and dare and their truth question, and uh, Tasha asked Blake about what her exes would warn her about, and he's he says. I have great relationships with all my exes, which I found amusing and to be a very big red flag. When you talk about all my exes out there, probably not a good barometer of relationship stability. No. If a guy I am starting today is like, oh, I have great relationships with all my exes, they'd say great things about me. Like, we talk all the time, good buds. They'd be like, oh, I hate that. I don't want to, any of your exes to be involved with any part of your life. Well, a, a good relationship with the exes plus having lots of them, probably just not good good for your ongoing relationship. No. It doesn't surprise me, though. Blake, Blake's a weird guy. I, I don't see him going far with Tasha, but it doesn't surprise me that he has good relationships with his exes. He seems like he tries to be very agreeable to all women in his life. Well, and, and I think we're both a little surprised that he's still... Uh, made it uh, this far and that the whole Claire roller coaster seemed to have really shook him up and and we sort of assumed that he might bail out or get thrown out but he he's he's still in there yep still in there and Chasen's not kind of ridiculous if you ask me but that's just my two cents my last highlight for last night was of course the Ed and Chris Harrison late night rendezvous at uh, Chris Harrison's apartment where Ed is stumbling around the resort. I think stumbling is the right word. For sure. You know, he looks like he's asleep. You know, some people might look say he looks a different way, but we'll say he looks sleepy and he's looking for Tasha and somehow he knocks on Chris Harrison's door and goes inside and has a glass of wine with Chris Harrison. I just it was just ridiculously amusing. See, I put this as a low and I think it's just because I don't like Ed at all. And one, I have no idea why he wants to talk to Tasha. There's nothing going on between the two of them. The only conversations we've seen Ed have with Tasha are, is when he's talking smack about Chasen. That's it. That's all they talk about. There's no need for him to do this at, quote, 2.30 in the morning. It didn't seem like it was really – it seemed strange that both Tasha and Chris Harrison were up at 2.30 in the morning. I'm not buying that it was 2.30 in the morning, but go ahead. I, I agree there. But I think we had some obvious producer intervention here. Like We have two men walking around trying to talk to Tasha, the other being Ben, and – they're following Ed with a camera, and they're just like, oh, let's just let him wander. We'll see where he goes. And they're probably pointing him in the right direction. I'm assuming the La Quinta is a pretty big resort if if it's taking him that long to find Tasha's suite. And 
they're they're like, oh, you know, it's going to be really funny. Let's make him knock on Chris Harrison's door instead. And he di- it didn't even seem that surprised when Chris answered the door. He it's he kind of acted like Chris was the keeper of Tasha. He's like, hey, is Tasha home? Like, I would really like to talk to her. Like, Chris Harrison's not Tasha's dad. Obviously, they're not like sleeping in the same suite. That would be really weird. Yeah, that that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I I think that's a good point in that he. he he sort of came across as assuming that this is the master suite of everyone that's uh, you know on the inside of the bachelor thing. You know, there must be Tasha here, Chris Harrison here, writers over here, producers over here, uh, and I, I I think that Bennett made some claim that Ed scored really high in the SAT or, or like a perfect math SAT, uh, which know, is not something to be bragging about as a thirty six year old man. I hope you have more accomplishments by the time you're 36 years old. You got to hold on to what you got, honey. Come on. I'm 24, and I don't even remember my SAT score anymore. It wasn't perfect by any (laughs) means, but it got me some scholarships at least. Well, uh, so you call it a low light. I call it a highlight. I I just found that whole uh, episode very, very amusing and fun. I will say I did like to see Chris Harrison in his, quote, 2.30 a.m., casual attire i think it's the first time i've ever seen him in like a zip-up hoodie and not you know his like normal suit or button down it it was an interesting look for chris i I would have been better if he was like wearing some sort of silky robe and was was drinking some brandy and had a cigar or something like that i think uh, that would have been uh, a better 230 or late night look for for chris i like that i I could have gone for the silky robe that would have been fitting for him Okay, I have some more highs. One, we got to see Becca Kufrin come back. She is an old bachelorette. Did you recognize her at all? Not at all. Okay. Well, she, before coming on to this season, had very recently broken up with the man that won her season, Garrett. His last name's too hard to pronounce. I'm not going to try. And they, they broke up due to political differences, which is very interesting in this climate. I won't touch on that anymore. But it's good to see her doing well. I'm curious. like She's, she's coming in as a single woman with all these men dating Tasha, being like, Tasha's only going to pick one of you, so I get my pick of the rest of them. So I'm curious to see if any sparks start flying post-show with Becca and any of these men. Is it likely that Becca will be back on Chlamydia Island at some point in time and and have a choice of these people? Crazier things have happened in Bachelor Nation. So that's a high for me. And then my last high was Ben's impromptu one-on-one time with Tasha. You know, Ed's talking to Chris Harrison. Ben's talking to Tasha. I thought he did a good job of um, redeeming himself after not speaking with her during the group date and how she, you know, said she was disappointed in him. He took time, thought about it, and was like, you know, I'm going to do better. I'm going to pull her. Like, we're going to have some one-on-one time. I'm going to apologize. And then he makes a point to be the first to pull her during the rose ceremony cocktail time, too. Like, I think he's a pretty genuine guy. I And I liked t- getting to see him and Tasha get back on the right foot. I would say, although I no longer have a top four, he would be in my top two. Well, and, and kudos to his geography skills for actually being able to find uh, Tasha and her room. I will say, I didn't put this in my fatherly advice, but I will say that, that I worry about your generation in that 
if I take away your phone and your Google Maps, I don't think you can find anything. You know, my, Are you kidding me? My generation actually had to use actual maps that we had to like fold back together to find, find places. Do you know who you're married to? Mom is the most directionally challenged person ever. And even with a phone, she couldn't find anything. Well, that's, that, that we compliment one another in, in that regard. So. Okay. okay. Well, I think that I could do better than her. So don't worry uh, too much about my generation. I worry about your generation and, and, uh, and your mapping skills. But uh, let's proceed. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. Let's get to the lows. Um, mine was the dare date that they did. Um, personally... I would be in hell during that because gross foods are the most, like, I can't do gross foods. They're forcing these guys to chug disgusting smoothies that have, like, beetles in them and, like, what, I don't remember what else was in there, like, ground cow guts or something disgusting. Like, I would, I would probably throw up and I hate throwing up and that would be really disgusting, not what you want to do in front of someone you're trying to date and then they have to eat jalapeno peppers, which I don't like spicy stuff, and I'd probably throw up again, and it would just be really gross. And the fact that they were making these boys fake propose next to a puke bucket so they could be prepared in case anything's coming back up, like, that is just the worst bachelor date ever to me. I would 100% prefer participating in strip dodgeball. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Well, and I'm not a big smoothie guy, and and your mother sometimes makes some smoothies with like green stuff in it that to me look... Spinach? or kale, or I don't know what. It, it does not look particularly appetizing. But, you know, when you're doing a smoothie, aren't you like chopping? I'm not a big smoothie guy. You're doing a smoothie, you're chopping it all up. I mean, I did they really put that stuff in there? You know, who knows? You know, I'm sure it's not a very pleasant thing, but I, it, it's, it's psychological. The guys you're, were making some weird faces when they were sniffing it. It could have been kale. Who it, knows? It could have been beetles, though. It could have been beetles. Okay. Well, and I will... That did not bother me as much. For me, a low light was the one-minute uh, orgasm by <laughs> the gentleman. To me, that was not necessary. Um, we might need to clarify. There were not any orgasms being had on the show. It was you have to make an orgasm noise for one minute over the hotel speaker system. Thank you for clarifying. for Because okay. we do have some listeners that don't watch and just get the updates from listening to our podcast. So uh, that, that's probably good that you clarified that. I also got a weird look from Moose, our producer, with that one. So okay. I was like, we should probably set that one straight. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're in studio today then. I I thought that was amusing, and I liked that the guys that weren't on the date were getting to kind of rate the guys' uh, well, well, noises. Hopefully, they <laughs> they figured out rather quickly what was happening, and and you know, first they seemed very very puzzled by you know what are these crazy noises, and I guess they figured it out. So yeah. uh, you know, they ended up saying that you know I think Blake has some demons that he needs to work through there. So yeah, probably all of his exes. Anyway, to me that was sort of a low light uh, there. The the smoothies didn't bother me as much as as uh, our pseudo orgasm talk. Okay, well my other low is the term showing up. You know, I was texting one of my friends during the episode last night, and I had this grievance. 
during Claire's part of the season two, Claire just kept saying, like, I just want a guy that's going to show up for me. And it's 2020, and we need guys to do more than just show up. That is putting the bar on the floor. Like, do more. Expect more from supposedly your future fiancé than him just showing up for you. And Tasha and the men kept saying that tonight, too. And she's like, we need to expect more from the guys that we're dating, Claire and Tasha. Like, showing up is the minimum, and we need more than that. It's just... That's all. I, what more can you say there? We need more than just a guy to show up for us. I, 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 I will speak to that later in the podcast. Okay. Okay. Do you have any other lowlights that you'd like to discuss? Well, the, the only other, you know, I mentioned the lack of musical talent uh, that our, our bachelor fellows sure, have. Sure. And uh, I guess the only other thing I had was that Bennett was being just like a really jerk uh, to Noah about Noah wanting to go out on the the group date and sort of calling him out. And Noah deserved some calling out, and as the episode progressed, he probably deserved some more calling out. But but initially, Bennett was just upset because Noah was saying, boy, I want to go on the group date. Everybody wants to go on the date with the girl. Why should you get upset with that? You know, it was, I, I suspect what they're not saying, but they're all thinking is, I wish all these other guys would fall in a hole. So I would be the only person here to spend time with Tasha. He happens to verbalize it and Bennett gets all uh, uppity and, and uh, on his high ho- his Harvard high horse about, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an adult and you're just a child and, and everyone knows you shouldn't be here. You know, I do think that perhaps we need a, a new category about who's most likely to end up on, Bachelor Chlamydia Island. Bachelor in Paradise. And I got to put Noah very high on that list. To me, to me, Noah is definitely island material in that, yeah, he's he is relatively immature. I think he's fairly handsome, you know. And, yeah, without the mustache. You know, and, and he's got some personality. I suspect he would he would be a, a strong candidate to get some sort of sexually transmitted infection on the island. Okay. I think that he would do well on Paradise too. You know, I'm not a big Bennett fan, but I do enjoy his one-liners. He, he had some good ones last night about how he's here for love, not to breastfeed Noah, and he came to be on the Bachelorette, not on the babysitter. Uh, you know, I do take a little offense, being that Noah and I are the same age. I think that I would handle myself more maturely, but uh, it, I enjoyed his one-liners for sure. Okay, well, I, you know, he, he probably went to one of those classes at Harvard as well. So anyway, he's, what else you got? Well, I'm ready to move to the right reason. Let's move. This is this is a big one. This is what we got, like a majority of the episode. You know, we had lots of commercial breaks and kept coming back to this one-on-one date with Tasha and Ivan. I know at one point you were like, what the heck? We're still on this date. Like, is this all we're doing the whole episode? But Ivan and Tasha's one-on-one date was really awesome. You know, we started off just like he he won the love song creation to win the one-on-one date. By, by pulling her on stage, which mm-hmm. I'm putting in air quotes and that there wasn't a stage, but he, he made a good move there. Which I also think, you know, it was a good way for Tasha to let the boys pretend that they all had a chance to win the one-on-one, but obviously she's not going to pick someone that she doesn't really have much interest in. So Ivan gets this one-on-one date. He gets to go back to her suite. And they just have a very normal night in terms of bachelor one-on-one dates. They 
play the floor is lava to get to her bedroom. They play Twister. They play bocce ball. A lot of games going on that you you might typically do in a normal dating scenario in the real world, which I enjoyed. And I thought it was really cute to see their chemistry. I thought that they worked really well together. So that first half of the date was really nice. You have any comments on that before we move to the second half of the date? I agree with you 100%. They played Twister with their clothes on. It was a very normal date. I kept shaking my head saying, this is not my bachelorette show. What's going on here? You know, and, and I loved it. I thought the ratings must be going straight to hell because uh, it was so freaking normal. But uh, I loved it, and I look forward to what you have to say about the second part of the date because I, I also thought that that was very good as well and, and the fact that they acted like normal people. They were talking about current events. They were talking about Black Lives Matter. I, I, I thought these seem like normal people having a normal conversation. It just seemed way too normal. Yeah, so Tasha and Ivan start talking about Black Lives Matter and pl- police brutality and race and how they're both mixed, gen- mixed races. And it was very nice to get to see them. One, because Bachelor has been pretty whitewashed in its history. There's not many people of color. Tasha's only our second person of color that's a lead. And it's the second Bachelorette. We've never had a Bachelor uh, person of color like Matt James starting in January 4th, which you're not happy about, that we don't have much of a break there. He's our first person of color that will be the Bachelor lead. And so I think it's really important that we get to see that conversation, one, on a large cable television show, and two, that we get to see two people of color having that conversation. You know, we don't need to see white people having it anymore. And I thought it was really nice to get to see them bond over that, Tasha talking about how it impacted her, Ivan talking about how it impacted him, and I think it comes at a good time. You know, 2020 has been crazy with everything that's going on, and it was nice to get to see their perspectives. I really enjoyed it. I wasn't hey. expecting to see that from the show, and I think it's really good that they showed it to us. Well, I, I, I agree, and and, and uh, Ivan shared an emotional story about his brother uh, mm-hmm. who had, had been in jail and his niece, and, and they both seemed sincere they were both emotional and and they seem to have a really good connection and i think that you would agree that this puts ivan sort of in the driver's seat as probably uh the guy that's in the lead to get uh, to get tasha's heart uh and i think i picked ivan in my final four you did indeed pick ivan ivan's my number one pick right now too i thought they were great together i like how normal he is you know they have to end up together, and if Tasha doesn't pick him, I'm going to go to Texas and find him myself. Great. Well, that's you. You could do much worse. You know, I, I, the reason I picked Ivan, he seemed like marriage material. I think he's an engineer. Yeah, he's an engineer. You know, he's he's got employment and income potential. He does not have to be a freaking Instagram model. So go Ivan. Mm-hmm. And if anyone figures out what college he went to, let me know. I was trying to figure that out last night because he was talking about his experience in college. Which he had some difficult experiences in college. Yeah. I'm curious about where he went and couldn't find it online. Granted, I didn't look that hard, but let me know if you figure it out. Okay. So that I, I'm with you on right reason there. Okay, great. So we can move to the wrong reason. You want to go? Well, I... I put down Bennett anytime he talks. I just find him so <laughs> arrogant and disingenuous that uh, um, 
I'm 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 just not a big Bennett fan. I, I think he might have been your villain in the uh, when we had our initial talk. And Indeed, because of his face. Because of his face, and I to me he sort of got a Clark Kentish look about him. Not that that's a bad thing, but uh, that that's sort of who he reminds me of, particularly when he puts his glasses on. Uh, and you know he was talking to Tasha about the time he was previously engaged, and he seemed to really get a little defensive or a little vague and. And then he said that sometimes people don't get married for the right reason and that sort of thing. And I'm thinking, you're on a reality dating show here, buddy, and you're you're concer- you're talking about people not getting married for the right reason, and you think you're going to find the right reason on The Bachelorette. I found that to be quite the stretch. So anyway, he he strikes me as a wrong reason kind of guy. Yeah, him talking about his previous engagement and how – you know, he knew that it wasn't right, so he backed out of it. I'm very curious about the timeline there and how close to uh, the wedding date he backed out. The way he was getting defensive made me believe that it was relatively close to the wedding date. Like the wedding day situation? <laughs> yeah. Like in, um, uh, Christina Yang and Dr. Burke in Grey's Anatomy, he leaves during the wedding, so it could be something like that. We really can't put anything past Bennett these days. Sex in the City 1 movie. I've never seen that. Okay, well, that sort of shows our our <laughs> generational differences there, yes. Okay, so my wrong reason, I'm giving it to Noah. Um, I think that he was really stirring the pot at the end of the episode during the cocktail hour before the rose ceremony. He went to Tasha and is talking to her and being like, I'm really glad you gave me this rose from the group date that I crashed and like, You know, I can take the shit talking from the boys, but, you know, some of the guys, like, they're really questioning your intention, saying that you just gave this rose to me to, like, stir up some drama, which I don't recall any of the men actually saying. Um, So he's just kind of taking his own thought process from what the guys are, you know, smack talking him about and being like, oh, this is probably why. Not because like I'm an annoying 25 year old and they're all frustrated that I was there, but probably because they're questioning Tasha's intentions and she's just trying to stir up drama in the house. And so he gets Tasha all riled up and she cancels the rest of the cocktail party and all the guys get super pissed. And I didn't really understand why Easy was the one really attacking Noah for this situation because it I don't think that any of the guys really said any of that, but Easy seemed a little too defensive to me. Like maybe he he had implied something like that and we just hadn't seen it. But I think that Noah is just, he he was stirring the pot a bit because he could. And I, I didn't like that. I, I, I'm i I'm with you on that. And, and um, I, I guess we, we, obviously we don't see all the conversations that go on during the program, but they usually seem to splice in the ones that uh, create the most drama. So you would have thought that if if uh, people were really saying bad things about Tasha, we would have heard that. And 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 to me, Tasha has been such a, a a good host hostess of this program that she's been very welcoming and really tried to be nice and kind and get to meet all these guys. So uh, Noah's concerns that he was expressing there really seemed to be uh, made up in his head. And maybe he's thinking, hey, I got a rose. I'm going to shut this thing down and create all sorts of chaos. So that's what I'm going to do. You know, pretty manipulative. So um, I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't really think he's going to be there at the end. 
uh, as I said, send him to the island. <laughs> send him to the island. Okay. So my MVP of the episode, very obvious. It's going to Ivan. Um, all aboard the Ivan train. I'm the freaking conductor. We're taking this all the way to town hall to get married. Tasha has to end up with him. He's great. He's sweet, genuine, smart, like just a normal guy. Like what more can you ask for? And he's also super cute. So like if Tasha doesn't want him again, I'll take him. I'm sure anyone on Bachelor in Paradise would take him as well. Uh, maybe a possible bachelor in the future. Like uh, the possibilities for Ivan are endless as of today. Way to go, Ivan. I'm, I, I totally endorse your pick for the MVP. Great, great. Let's see if I can endorse any of your fatherly advice. All right. So I, I, I fear that sometimes I, I go over some of the same ground, but uh, when, it gets you, when you keep getting whacked in the head with it each week, it's hard to avoid. But anyway, <laughs> the, the arrogance and pompousness from Bennett – we don't need that out there. Come on, if you're trying to actually meet, connect, create a relationship with somebody, you gotta you gotta get rid of some of that. And Bennett just comes off as Mr. Harvard guy. I'm gonna sit back and pass judgment on people, and uh, yeah, maybe he throws out some witty one-liners. Maybe he was on the National Lampoon. I don't know, but uh, you gotta you gotta you gotta get rid of some of the arrogance, uh, Bennett. Uh, Noah, I also put down there sort of what you were referencing is, you know, he's complaining about the other guys. It's like, don't be a whiner. Don't worry about what the other guys think. You got to keep your eyes on the prize. You should be worrying about what, what your lady friend is thinking about you and, and, and doing what you got to do there. So you got to, you got to cut out those distractions, control the things you can control. Come on, come on, Noah. Let's, let's, let's not go there. And then finally, my most important advice to you and to all of our young listeners out there that want to be successful, going back to the whole showing up thing, the, the dad formula for success in life, which I've probably told you before, and perhaps I've said on this podcast before, 50% of your success, 50, is showing up. 40% of your success in life will be showing some passion or enthusiasm, enthusiasm, giving a damn. And then the 10% that's left is really your brain power, your skills that'll take you over the top. But you can go a long way out there, 90% of the way, just by showing up and giving a damn. So that is my advice to all of our listeners out there for great success. I think that's the opposite of what I was saying. We need men to do more than show up, okay? Well, they need to care. They 20% need 20% showing up. I'm, I want about 70% giving a damn. Okay, well, that's that's good, but they're, then they're not going to show up that often. They might care when they do show up, but you need them to show up and give a damn. Well, and we just need less showing up and more of everything else, okay? If they're continually showing late. Showing up is not enough. So they're going to call you and say, sorry, I missed our date, but I love you so much. I really care. I'm not sure that works either. Okay. You got to do both. Okay, well, I'll, I'm going to workshop this because I just don't, I think we need more than just showing this up. Is, it, I gave you more than showing up and this is not workshoppable. This is, this is dad law. <laughs> no. Nope. So, so we need to move on. I've never, I don't like the dad law. Well, I don't. I don't live under your roof anymore. It doesn't have to be followed. Anyway, I, <laughs> hopefully our listeners are more accepting of, of good dad advice than you are. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, join us next week to hear more about Tasha's season from the right perspective and my dad's.
You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.